been enjoying the uh, summer weather besides today. It's a bit hot today, but we've had some beautiful summer weather, haven't we? And we took the opportunity of that beautiful weather um, last week and uh, Aaron and myself, Josh and Lee and Piper um, went to Seashells Beach, a beautiful, beautiful spot. Um, but it meant a last minute uh, stop at Red Dot to buy a little beach shelter because, um, you know, we nothing but the best for our family. And um, so we bought this, this beach shelter, which is in one of those kind of round ones in the plastic container and got down to the beach and thought we'd try this out. So we opened it up and it flipped out in 10 seconds, easy as anything. Popped it on the beach and went in for a swim and got to about ankle deep. And out of my peripheral vision, I saw this beach shelter flying through the air. Nearly took someone out on the way, but we rescued the beach shelter, put it back on the beach and put some sand around it to, to weigh it down. And that was great. Enjoyed the beach and it was time to, to go home, time to pack up. So, does anyone know where I'm going here? We get the beach shelter and uh, the guys, as guys do, you know, they will do our thing. And so they got the beach shelter and they said, this will be easy. And they kind of flipped it and flapped it and meanwhile the stress level's sort of rising but real guys don't look at directions or instructions do they? Nah, don't need instructions. So they kept going and going and they kind of get one bit in and the other bit of flip out and stress levels rising and rising. Eventually they say oh, okay we'll have to look at the instructions. So they look at the instructions, oh they're useless and they get thrown away. In the end we get this this uh, beach shelter, holus bolus, open the back of the Hyundai and stuff it in the back and close the door so it doesn't escape. That beach shelter did nothing but uh, serve the purpose of rising the stress levels in the atmosphere and giving uh, Lee and I something to laugh at. Now, putting a beach shelter away doesn't feature in the top five everyday hassles that cause people's people's stress level to rise because yes there has been a study done on that and research shows that these are the top five everyday hassles that cause people to stress. You might relate to one of them, you might relate to all of them. Number one, losing your keys. Number two, being stuck in traffic when late. Number three, phone battery dying, very important. And this is one that Lee would never experience but visiting your mother-in-law and my all-time favourite that I think Aaron could, will really relate to this morning, running out of toilet paper while on the toilet. <laughs> All of which we can safely say are first world problems, aren't they? But nevertheless, they can result in stress. Stress is an inevitable part of life. It affects us all in different ways and in various measures. It might not be something as trivial as toilet paper, but it could be family relationships, money struggles, relationships, um, time commitments, work deadlines, and so on and so forth. Now, as most of you would know, we've been uh, talking about this is big so far this month. We've heard it referred to a few times this morning. And Josh um, preached a great message the very first week of this series. And he talked about having a this is big attitude towards things in life, where we see everything as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to see God work in and through us. And he likened it to a seed, a seed that if planted and faith is applied to it, then it reaps a harvest. And we don't have to worry about the harvest, that's God's responsibility. 
So it's not so much about the product, but about the process. And he asks us a couple of questions which, which really challenged me, and I want to repeat them this morning. He said, what in your life are you minimising that perhaps you could be multiplying? Good question. What is it in your life that you are despising that in fact you could be developing? Because God desires a big life for each one of us. Who here wants to live a big life? A few of you. <laughs> Who here wants to be part of a church that impacts our community and our world in a big way? I know I do. It's actually God's will that we live in bigness. Because God is a big God and he created us in his image. I love the way that 2 Corinthians puts this. It says this. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. That expansively, to me, speaks of bigness, doesn't it? It speaks of largeness. But often we are limited by our idea of how much we can do. We're limited. We live way below our potential. And I think one of the reasons why we live below our potential is because we haven't yet learned how to manage stress and pressure that comes into our lives. I want to suggest this morning that it is possible to have a this is big attitude when it comes to stress and pressure in our lives. But the problem is many of us are afraid of stress. We spend so much time and energy trying to avoid it. We even stress about the stress levels in our life. We do anything to avoid it. We think that when we experience stress, we have to immediately and automatically draw back from whatever's calling, causing that stress. We need to stop that commitment, leave that relationship, stop that task, leave that responsibility, run, escape at all costs. But what if we didn't have to live that way? What if there was a better way to live? What if, with God's help, we could actually manage stress and pressure that comes into our life and not just manage it, but actually use it as a tool for growth, use it as a catalyst to enlarge us. I want to go as far this morning as to suggest that we actually need some stress in our life, some pressure in our lives in order to live big lives. Don't shoot me down now. <laughs> I want to reiterate before I go any further this morning that high levels of sustained stress are dangerous. In no way am I wanting to diminish the serious effects of stress can have in your life. When stress flips over into distress, that little DI means double. When stress is heightened in our life, it can be dangerous to our health, to our minds, and to a lot of areas of our life. But that's not the kind of stress I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the good kind of stress. Small amounts of stress coupled with rest, which we'll talk about later, can actually give us the inspiration to accomplish things in life. It can actually give us the motivation to overcome obstacles and challenges that come our way and to see God do something big in and through us. Stress does not have to damage you. In fact, stress can be a catalyst for growth. It can develop res resilience in us if we don't run from it. 
You see, if you don't have some stress in your life, if you don't have some pressure in your life, you can actually run the risk of living an aimless, purposeless, boring and unfulfilled life. We could look at stress as a, as a demand placed upon our faith. How many of us know that our faith grows under pressure? James says this in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. He says it like this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You see, if you try and get out of situations prematurely, if you try and escape pressure and stress whenever it comes into your life, you actually run the risk of walking away from the purpose and plans that God has for you in that season of your life. But if you stay the course and you push through and you draw on the resources God has given you to overcome, you will see God move in big ways in your life. I know this from personal experience, both sides of the coin. You know, there have been seasons in my life, and I've shared this before, where I've just run from stress. I've run from pressure. Anything that, that looked too big or that I couldn't do perfectly, I'd just go, that's it, I'm quitting. I'd find some way to, to go around it. But it was in those moments that I, I lived with a sense of regret, of disappointment, because I knew that God had something bigger for me. But thanks be to God, there have been seasons in my life where um, by taking hold of his word and by the Holy Spirit just giving me that, that strength to overcome, I've been able to push through challenges and push through stress and face those fears and seeing God move in me. And you know what? It's in those moments, even when I was under pressure, that I felt most alive, that I was living from a confidence of who I was in Christ and that I knew without a doubt that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, the purpose God has for your life, and he has a purpose for each one of you, always goes beyond what you can do yourself. How many of us know that? And so we need God to increase our capacity to live that big life. Brian Houston writes it this way. He says, stress is not your problem. Capacity is so ask God to increase your capacity. It's having a this-is-big attitude to stress and to pressure that Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 3. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know that he faced some stress, didn't he? Some pressure in his life, probably more than a lot of people um, recorded in the Bible. He was shipwrecked several times. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was persecuted. He went without so many times. And yet this is what he writes. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider that I've taken hold of it yet, but here is the one thing I do. I forget what is behind me. I push hard toward what is ahead of me. I push myself, I push forward toward the goal to win the prize God has appointed me to win. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. Sometimes, like Paul, we have to press in and push on. We have to go beyond the perceived limits 
that we have upon ourselves and trust God to increase our capacity for more. Have you ever seen grass grow through bitumen? It's happening out in our car park. How does grass, pressed flat, robbed of light, break through the hardest of surfaces? So God created that blade of grass to rise to the greatest challenge under pressure. So too with us. You see, when we can push in, when we can draw on the resources that God has already given us, we can actually overcome the greatest of challenges and we can see breakthrough in our lives. You see, what changed my perspective is a revelation. A revelation of who Jesus is and who Jesus is in me. And living from that revelation, from that truth, rather than how we feel or how we think when stressful situations come our way, will change the way you live. Now, a lot of having um, a this-is-big attitude towards pressure and stress has to do with how you see it. Imagine for a moment that, that you're at a, at a fork in a road and there's one road that's signed Threat Road. And if you go down that road, every um, pressure, every stressful situation is seen as a threat a threat to your own agenda, a threat to your comfort zone, a threat to your perceived limits on yourself. And down that road, what comes out of your mouth is, I can't, I can't, it's too hard, it's too big, it's impossible. I know because I've been down that road. But there is another road, another choice. That road is signed Opportunity Road, where you see pressure, where you see stress as an opportunity for growth. And down that road, what comes out of your mouth is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. With God, all things are possible. You see, the opportunity response to stress is where greatness comes from. Pressure does not have to be bigger than you. Sometimes it just takes a change in our perspective, a change in what we're looking at. You know, the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In other words, speak to your soul and say, hey, soul, bless the Lord, and don't forget everything that he's done in the past for you. He's healed all your diseases. He's uh, forgiven your sins. He's lifted the shame from your life, and he's come through for you over and over and over again. Don't forget that. Take Opportunity Road. So I want to take a moment now to to look at how Jesus responded to stress and pressure. You might think, oh, Jesus was never stressed. Jesus was never under pressure. Of course he was. Let's read what the writer of Hebrews says. It, It says, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, right alongside God. So when you find yourself flagging in your faith, because we all do, Go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. It's good, isn't it? 
I love that. Jesus plowed through the pressure. He plowed through the stressful situations because he never lost sight of the joy that was set before him. You know, you think about Jesus from his very first day of ministry where he encountered evil in the wilderness to the very last day of his ministry in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was under so much stress that he sweated blood. He never gave up. He never quit. He never took the route of escape. Aren't you glad he didn't? We wouldn't be here this morning. You know, the Bible describes the different pressures that Jesus faced. He had crowds continually um, clamoring at him, needing him with their desires and their wants. He had um, enemies that were coming against him, putting pressure on him, trying to trick him, trying to falsely accuse him and eventually plot to kill him. He had spiritual pressure. You know, the temptations of the enemy were just as real for Jesus as they are for us. He understands pressure. But in all those pressure situations, Jesus never, ever chose the route of escape. Even as Jesus considered the horrific prospect of his upcoming death in the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. See, as we study Jesus' life in the Gospels, we see that nowhere did he shy away from pressure and stress, but he was also very intentional about taking moments for rest and restoration. He understood where his lifeline came from. He understood where his strength and his power came from. He understood the rhythms of life. If Jesus needed to rest, if Jesus needed to needed that time of restoration, if Jesus needed to spend unhurried time with his father, concentrated time with his father, how much more do we do? See, Jesus changed the world basically in three years. That's a lot to pack in in three years, isn't it? Yet he never would have been effective if he didn't take those times of rest, those times of unhurriedness with his father. In Mark chapter 1, we kind of get this um, peek into the life, a day in the life of Jesus, if you like. And Mark tells us that at, um, when the sun came up, Jesus went straight to the synagogue. He preached. He taught the people. And then he went straight and um, came across a guy that was demon-possessed. He delivered the guy from, from the demon. He then went and traveled to uh, Simon's mother-in-law's house. She was close to death and he healed her. By the time he got home, it was sundown. And the whole town of Capernaum had come to his door with their desperate needs, and he ministered to them. He healed their diseases. He delivered them from the enemy, ministered to them hour upon hour. That's a pretty full-on day, isn't it? You could say there was probably some pressure in that day. But this is what the very next verse says. Straight after this, very early in the morning, the next day, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. See, after pouring himself out, Jesus knew that he needed the Father to pour back into him life and power and strength and the ability to keep going and keep ministering. He was unafraid to pull away from the desperate needs of the the people. He was never driven by their needs. 
He was driven by the purpose and the will of his father because he'd spent time with him and he knew when to withdraw and when to give. He invites us into that same rest this morning. He invites you and me into that rest. We read about it in a well-known verse, Matthew chapter 11. He's speaking to you this morning. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. It's beautiful, isn't it? Jesus doesn't just offer rest. He actually invites us into it and shows us how to take a real rest. He models the, the value of an unhurried heart. He models the value of silence and solitude and the benefits it can have in our body, soul and spirit. Now, there's no cookie cutter method, if you like, to how this should be done. Step one, step two, step three. You know, he created us all uniquely and individually. And when it says, I'll show you how to take a real rest, that kind of tells me that maybe our idea of rest is perhaps different from what Jesus has planned for us, what Jesus desires for us. And what rest might look like for you might be very different from me. But this we do know, that it won't be ill-fitting, that it won't be uncomfortable, and it will always lead to us living freely and lightly in Jesus. He invites you into that rest this morning. He invites you into his presence and he'll show you how to take a real rest. It's not meant to be forced. Religion is forced. It's meant to be unforced. It's about relationship. You know, and we hear a lot about um, work-life balance. You've got to have the perfect work-life balance. I'm sorry, but I think that's a bit of a myth. It's kind of a, a, an unattainable goal that puts more pressure on us because we kind of strive for this, this perfect work-life balance. It's more about rhythms of rest and restoration, rhythms of work and rest, work and rest that Jesus um, modelled in his own life. You know, I, I love the way that um, often our, our physical bodies, physical creation kind of reflect a spiritual truth, don't they? happens all the way through. And um, I was thinking about this this week and um, about the muscles in our body. Now, obviously, you look at me and you know straight away I don't know anything about muscle development. But um, I do have a sister, uh, a sister. I do have a daughter who's a fitness fanatic. And when I complain about my nanny flaps, do you know what those are? Older people, these things that wobble under here that the grandkids love to play with. Every time I complain about those, she says, Mum, Quit complaining. Complaining is not going to do anything. You need to actually use it. And I go, be quiet, daughter. But she's, she's right. If you want to develop any muscle in your body, you actually have to put pressure. They call it a stressor. You've got to put a stressor on that muscle. Might be uncomfortable for a while. Might mean a little bit of pain. Might mean you actually have to push through your comfort zone. But it's the only way that that muscle will develop. So at the same time, that muscle needs rest. If you put too much stress on that, it'll cause injury and burnout. 
I wouldn't know, but they tell me that. But if you, um, if you, if not enough stress, not enough challenge to that muscle, degeneration and eventual atrophy of your muscles. I think that physical principle actually can be related to our spiritual life. Actually, it can be related to how we develop creatively and even mentally, emotionally. Stress plus rest equals growth. Stress plus rest equals growth. In closing this morning, I want to take a look at one of my favourite all-time psalms, Psalm 23, a very familiar psalm. You know, I always thought that this psalm was written um, when David was in the meadows looking after his sheep, kind of like the sound of music kind of vibes. But he wasn't. Scholars tell us that he wrote this psalm in the middle of one of the most stressful situations in his life. He was actually at the Jordan River and he was facing this huge battle. And it wasn't any battle. It was actually a battle between his own son Absalom, who had rebelled against him, rebelled against God, rebelled against his kingdom, and was fighting his own father's army. That's a bit of stress and pressure, isn't it? And this is when he penned these words. Let's read it. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back at home in the house of God for the rest of my life. I think that speaks of a beautiful rhythm of pressure and rest. And even in the midst of the greatest pressure, God came through and said, I've got a six-course meal for you that I'm going to feed you right in front of your enemies, outside and in. And he does the same for you this morning. You might be in the middle of a stressful, pressure situation and God says to you, I've got a six-course meal for you. And it consists of love and joy and peace and strength and power and perseverance to overcome. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't stop in the middle of the valley. Walk all the way through. Even when the, it feels like there's a dark shadow over, over your life, you know that God has promised that He will lead you beside those still waters where you drink of His presence. He'll lead you into those meadows where you eat of all that He has given you, all the resources that you have in Christ Jesus. And when you walk all the way through, that's when you'll see God do something really big in your life. What season are you facing this morning? Because we all have seasons. Maybe for you, you're in a season where you are in a really stressful situation. There's pressure coming against you from all sides. I want to encourage you this morning, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't miss out on what God has for you because this is big. This is a big opportunity to see God come through for you. It's a big opportunity to apply faith to your pressure and see God reap the harvest. 
Maybe for you, Holy Spirit's just nudging you and saying, hey, you, you need to take those intentional times for rest and restoration. You need to come to your Father in an unhurried way and just receive from Him. Receive all that you need for Him to continue in life. Whatever it is for you this morning, don't give up. You know why that Jesus never gave up? We mentioned it before, because of the joy set before him. Do you know what that joy was? It was you and me. It was seeing you and me enter into relationship with Jesus and have our lives restored. It was you and me being able to have the freedom to come into relationship with God and receive all that we can need so we can live that big life for him. Keep going this morning. Draw on the resource that you've been given and live that big life that God's called you to. Would you close your eyes for a moment? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never ever entered into that rest, the rest that Jesus promises. Maybe you've been striving in your own efforts and trying to do the good works to, to, to make you um, good enough for God. God says this morning, I'm inviting you into my rest. I'm inviting you into those unforced rhythms of grace. I'm inviting you into relationship with me that's not dependent on anything you do, but it's dependent on my grace. And my grace is more than enough. Jesus gave his life for you so that you could enter into that rest, so that you could enter into relationship with him. And I wanna give you that opportunity this morning to respond to that grace, to respond to that gift and say, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to look now. Everyone else's eyes are closed. We're not going to embarrass you in any way, but I'm just asking you, if you want to take that opportunity to say yes to Jesus this morning, then just lift your hand wherever you are. I'm looking now right across the auditorium. Awesome. That's wonderful. Anybody else? You can put your hand down now. That's great. How exciting. Let, let's pray. Let's pray and just repeat after me and, and join with, with this person that has said yes to Jesus. How exciting this morning. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus gave his life so that we could enter into rest. Into forgiveness into true life. Jesus, I want to follow you this morning. Please forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live my life in your strength and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give her a hand. That's wonderful. How exciting. Would you stand with me this morning? You know what? This altar here, this is big. You might think, oh, it's just a small thing, but it's powerful. It has power. And, and we saw God already move in our service this morning. But you know what? I believe God's got more. I believe there's people here that, that need to respond to God this morning. 
It might be that you're in that pressure situation. You're in that stressful situation. God's calling you this morning to come and respond to His grace and respond to His life this morning. Don't miss that opportunity. This is big. If you didn't respond earlier and you've got sickness in your body, come forward. Allow us to pray with you and support you. God is a big God and wants to do something big in your life. So come right now as the team is here.